Welcome to the Work Camper Show, brought to you by WorkCamper.com. This podcast helps you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. Each one of our episodes will introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to work camping opportunities all around the U.S. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Today I'm interviewing someone from a company which owns or manages multiple campgrounds in several states. Not only will he be talking about opportunities available for work campers at his company, but he will also describe how work campers can better ensure their applications get noticed. Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a diamond or platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. Robert Earl is the Director of Operations for Beyonder, a company that owns or manages seven campgrounds in Alabama, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Missouri, and Oklahoma. More facilities are being added to the Beyonder network all the time. A former work camper himself, Robert starts the interview by explaining why it's so important for people to be very specific on their resumes regarding the type of experiences they have and skills they bring to the position. For example, work campers should describe specific reservation software programs they can use and indicate whether maintenance involved building things or fixing them. He also encourages work campers to include examples of things they've done on a volunteer basis because, after all, Experience is experience. Campgrounds often have limited resources, so they are usually looking for very specific skills. Therefore, work campers should list things like planning activities for church in addition to details about work-related jobs. Robert also describes opportunities for work campers at facilities owned and managed by Beyonder. Yes, the company is working for work campers this summer. Beyonder has opportunities in customer service, housekeeping, maintenance, and even in management positions. Tell us more about what work campers can do to increase their chances of being hired by any campground and how they can work for Beyonder specifically. Please welcome Robert Earl, the Director of Operations, to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Robert. I really appreciate the time. Tell us a little bit about Beyonder Camp and what it is. Beyonder is a um, holding company that also owns, operates, and manages campgrounds. Uh, currently, we own uh, six campgrounds ourselves. We manage a seventh campground, a uh, Jellystone campground that's uh, not under our umbrella or branding. Uh, but we have campgrounds from uh, Louisiana to Indiana up to Iowa. So it's a uh, fun industry to be in. We also are making offers on properties all the time and satisfying our investors' needs of uh, wanting to get involved with the hospitality space. Very good. One of the things that you had talked to me about when asking if you could be a guest on the show was you wanted to provide a perspective of what campgrounds expect from work campers. And I love that idea. 
So why don't you touch on some of the things that you think work campers could do better in providing services to campgrounds? One of the things that I see from work campers being involved with the groups, being a former work camper myself that, shall we say, worked up the ranks to become director of operations and an owner-operator of campgrounds, there's a lot of generalist. And what I mean by generalists is they're not very specific in their ads somewhere or in their information that they're providing to campgrounds. So you have a work camper couple. They say, I'm good at customer service and I'm good at maintenance. That really doesn't help the park, the RV campground a lot. So we've fallen into this trend of having the one pager that has the pretty photo and it has the picture of the dog and the rig. We need that information. Don't get me wrong on that. And then it has a brief write-up. It's the details behind that page when you get asked for a resume. So some examples of that for me are if you're applying and you want to say that you're in the front desk or the store, do you as a candidate have added computer skills? Do you have real experience of setting up a Gmail? Have you worked on any specific reservation systems? If you have listed them out, so that we have that particular information. Have you done any sort of activity coordination? Even if it's with your Sunday school PTA, if you were the one that organized the last Boy Scout fundraiser, that's information that the campgrounds would need to know. In the areas of maintenance, if you have a specific skill of woodworking, cabinets, electrical, even if you say, hey, one weekend I helped my brother-in-law build a shed out back and we started from scratch and we were able to put that together or put a deck on, that's specific information that helps the campground know that you're okay using power saw, that you're okay with working with the components of it. Electrical, a lot of folks say, I got electrical, I got plumbing. Be specific on what the information is. That will help the campgrounds tremendously. I would imagine somebody said that I have plumbing experience. It could be everything from actually wiring a house for plumbing to clearing clogs from toilets. It's just quite, right, quite the right. variety. So having that specifics would be good. What does that help you do when selecting work campers? Every day is different in the campground uh, aspect of it. We do have limited resources. We're not your uh, Marriott or Hilton where it seems like they have a uh, complete maintenance staff and cleaning staff, et cetera. We're trying to provide the best value that we can for a guest. Everybody's looking at the bottom line and looking at their pocketbook, not just us as being a quote unquote a corporate owned, but a mom and pa campground as well is looking for the best value that they can get. We posted ads at the start of this week. Okay. We've had 57 applicants over the last couple of days. And how are you as a, a couple, as a single work camper, how are you going to stand out amongst that list? It's not just going to be the pretty photos and the cute puppy dog that you have. We want to know that information again. And is there something, because no two days are alike, is there something that's going to make you stand out? Also, you're going to be spending a summer, you're going to be spending a season. We don't want you doing tasks that you just really don't like. We don't want to put a square peg into a round hole. And we're doing this for fun. Always talk about, I get to camp for a living. I can remember I had a couple week period of, as a government contractor, where I worked in the basement of the Pentagon. No windows, no breaks, no time from that. And now, as soon as we get done with this, I get to walk out of my RV and enjoy the view by the lake and being at the campground. 
why do a job that you really don't enjoy doing? I think some work campers might be apprehensive about indicating they don't like to do work because they think it will jeopardize their chances of coming to that campground or doing that work and getting the job. Is it that way or is it just by being honest, the campground will be sure not to schedule them to do those kinds of tasks? I'd frame it a little bit different of saying, why don't you play to your strengths? If you have a strength and it's something that you enjoy, then that is something that you'd want to highlight. Yes, we've got a resume out of the 57 where one on three different jobs indicated why they left and what they didn't like. That's not really potentially a cultural fit that we would see. But I am talking about if you enjoy organizing activities, not everybody does, then that's a strength that you'd want to point out and it would be utilized by the park. Because it's really, I always have a, a, for those on video, I've got a Rubik's Cube and I keep it on my desk to remember that it's multidimensional. It's not just the the one aspect of it. Where do you want to be? What types of tasks do you want to do? What type of uh, compensation are you looking for? Though All those things fit together. And I want it to be a win situation. And in order for it to be a win, it has to be a win for the company or the campground. And it has to be a win for the couple or the individual that's doing the work camping. I would agree. How can work campers handle difficult situations when they've left a job early or something like that? Is it important to bring that up or try and bury it in the resume and the the one sheet that they're submitting with their applications? The resume is really probably not the time to bring it up. And that's just in my overall hiring aspect of it. It's when you have a conversation such as this post-COVID, and especially in the work camper situation, let's say I'm currently at a park right now in Alabama. We have candidates that are, that's an opportunity to say, hey, on my resume, you may have noticed that I was only there for five months. Uh, I had a situation where I didn't get paid in a timely manner. This mm-hmm. is a personal situation. And uh, so I'll be more than happy to share that particular aspect because I'm going to bring that up at the time of compensation or what the uh, expectations are or the arrangement that we have. How am I going to get paid? And I'm segueing into a situation. Am I going to be an employee? Is it going to be 1099? On the true technicality of it, if it's a 1099, you yourself as the contractor have to provide your tools. So I want to know, I want to seek first to understand from the standpoint of is workman's comp being uh, provided you're going to be asking me to potentially do power equipment and and operate things. Am I going to be covered if those types of things come up? So there's a place for it, but I think it's more during the screening and then the interview situation. Good point. When it comes to photos, what kind of photos do you like to see from people? Are there specific photos that people should avoid sending in when they're applying Mm -hmm. for a job? We want to have fun. We want to be in that situation, but you are the face of the park. Let's say in in a situation where it's uh, multiple acres and you're in the maintenance or you're helping to check somebody in, uh, we want to know that it's a good presentation. We want to know from those types of things. Posting photos that are fun, but are professional are great. The puppy photos or the pet photos. We had one that has a bearded dragon. Great. That we, we like to know about that, those types of things because we're bringing this into our already existing environment to, uh, to know about those things. I was also in real estate, property management, residential real estate for over 20 years. 
if I, for those of you on video, if I sent you a photo and it shows me with a full head of hair and you see me now where I'm completely bald, we always talked about the glamour shots where the realtor would have the photo that was taken 15 years ago. And you say, who's that? I don't recognize that person. Again, on the screenings to help you, I ask every single individual that we do in the screening to be on video, even if it's on your phone with Zoom. I ask for that to occur. I ask for both parties to be involved. And I also make sure that both parties are speaking. Yes, the one party that's working the front desk may be more outgoing, may speak more, and the maintenance individual may be a little bit less. And I'm not trying to be sexist by saying that it's he, she, or anything from that aspect. But yet, if one party is dominating the entire conversation, I want to know about the maintenance individual. How are they going to interact? Because they're actually going to be closer to our campers during the period of time that they're here for extended periods of time than our front desk, because they're going to be the one out in the actual field. I want both parties to be on video to present themselves well and and to both uh, participate in the screenings and interviews. That's a great point, because when people check in, it's for 15 minutes that they're having contact with the guest. But when you're out there in maintenance and mowing lawns and picking up trash and dealing with problems, you're encountering people all the time. I've heard that human resources people or campground managers often make a decision within a few seconds of looking at a resume. Is that true? We all have a blink. Uh, that goes off. Malcolm Gladwell had a book uh, about this where we have a a summary that goes on to it that may be a difficulty that we have in our country, in our industry, that we categorize people too quickly. But I'll get off my soapbox there for a second and, and say that we are looking for, though, key indicators as to do they have certain skill sets? Do they have a consistency? Do they consistently job hop? Now, on a, on a work camper, What do I mean by job hopping? Did you see it through the season? If it's one season and you went to three different locations, that's going to be a question. And you better have your skill sets and identify. I had a situation like that myself where I was at a short term period at it, but I was actually installing a reservation system. So when I got done installing the reservation system, my job was done. That contract was done. It was then time to move on to the next project. I had a story behind it and was able to uh, show that. So we try not to blink, but we look through that. And let's talk about the elephant in the room of AI. As you start to submit these things in, AI is going to look for certain keywords, certain terms, and it's going to do a level of pre-screening before the HR person gets a look at it and before the other aspects of it go in. We're on a little bit of a slippery slope with that, but as a work camper, you need to understand that it's it's part of the environment and part of what boards like Indeed do to show your resume to certain individuals. That's an excellent point because you talked about work campers being specific regarding the things that they have done. A lot of work campers have one resume that they send out to everybody for every job. How important is it to make it specific to that particular job. So if in their advertisement, we're looking for people who can do this, that, or the other thing, how important is it for the resume or application letter to address this, that, and the other thing? Personally, three quarters of my resume was generic in nature. And then one quarter of it, I would adapt to where I was going. And I would encourage that behind me. For those on video, you're seeing that this, these are the different types of parks that we have available. 
One, we have horses and we offer horseback riding and uh, zip lines. If you have an interest in horses, that's something that you'd want to point out. Another photo here is of our marina. We have over 300 marina slots and it has a drunken minnow bar and grill that's there. We have individuals that have applied because they, they enjoy that interaction and they've applied as a bartender hostess because they'll also uh, be eligible for tips. So what a great thing to spend the time in the summer at the lake and, and be able to do that. So pointing out what is the specifics of the job. Also, again, that camp host versus worker. When I hear camp host, I think of caretaker. I don't think of somebody that's actively working a reservation system, that's actively collecting money, that's actively, yes, they're sprucing up the sites afterwards, but there's a, a generality that's there. You want to make yourself shine towards that. And as you try to stretch, we've had work campers, myself included, that have worked from the work camper to actually saying, I really enjoy this. I enjoy this park. I'd like to go into some sort of assistant management. As you go into those higher level of positions, a maintenance lead, a housekeeping lead, the front de desk manager, you do need to be more specific and tailor what you're responding for that specific job. Would you like to see the work campers doing research on the campground before they do an interview? I don't know if they really can from the number of times that they're doing. They're looking at general areas. They're looking at those types of things. Okay. So when they're initially submitting in, maybe not as much before then it comes to the screening. But yes, that campground has taken the time to say, we want to take uh, seven to 10 to 15 minutes with you. Then do a look at the camp, see where it's located. Again, I stated that I'm in Alabama. It was, we're recording this in February. The other night, it was 25 degrees overnight. You think of Alabama, you think of the coast, you think of the Gulf, you think of it being in a warmer area. But yet over this time of year, it was a little bit cooler. When you initially submit it in and you say, Alabama sounds great, that's fantastic. Then do a little bit of research. But I don't think you can take all that time. You would, from the RV or standpoint, you drive yourself crazy as trying to do all those types of things. But do take notes. If you're old school, take notes on what the parks are when you submitted what the information is. I'm a little geek from that. I had a spreadsheet that I was always operating and running because I'm doing the same thing with candidates. I have them all listed out. I have those strengths or those check marks, those grades. And then I'm looking through the pipeline of who I'm moving on to the next stage. Are they worth an interview? Are they worth the screening? Are they worth the finalized interview for me to take the time as well? That's a good point as well. How important is the pipeline to campgrounds? If they don't offer a job for this particular season, does that mean it's they'll never have that kind of opportunity again? Or is it something Probably. that campgrounds will look at previous rec or, or resumes and then suggest interviewing them for another season? As director of operations, that's one of the things I'm focused on this season is if it wasn't a great opportunity right now, no means not right now. Uh, it's not a definitive no, unless I say for whatever reasons that it's not a, a definitive no. So we're trying to build our database of talent uh, that we see. Uh, you may have a situation. Also, don't just think of it as the first part of the season. Uh, you may have family events, you may have things that are arranged and you're not able to come in until a May, June, July timeframe. Campgrounds need you at those particular times because we still have guests that are coming in. We still have the services that are going on. 
So just because you didn't do the initial application or go through that, again, personal experience, when I was looking, I didn't just strictly look on the Facebook groups or the work camp or uh, newsletters of the jobs that were available now. If it was an area that I wanted to be in, I went back six months or I went back to last spring, looked at those job postings, found an email and would send that information over. Find the corporate email, find that information to get into the uh, pipeline. That is excellent advice. Does Beyonder hire work campers? We hire them. And that's a differentiator. So we do, we have it in a, in an arrangement where we're paying a little bit less than what the uh, market wages would be, shall we say, but we are paying for every hour. We're paying above what minimum wage would be in trade off for that. We have an exchange. If you're a couple that is a, you get a full hookup site. If you're a single that happens to be camping or only one of the partnerships is actually doing the work. Then we're 50% off of what the site is, store discounts, those types of things. But we do hire as a W-2. We collect taxes. Our biggest reason for that is doing it for our workman's comp uh, situation. I touched upon that earlier. Uh, we want to make sure that we're both protected in this situation. Uh, we do background checks, and that has saved us a couple times of individuals that didn't bring up situations or that they had situations in the past that involved minors, et cetera or traffic violations, those types of things. We're not going to turn them loose on a golf cart driving around our park because it's an insurance situation. So we definitely do hire them uh, from that standpoint, and we have them at all the parks. It's a good, I, I brought up this term culture, and I, I don't mean that from somebody's ethnic background, from what goes on in the park. I'm not going to sit here and say that every single group that works together is a family. That's, I think that's an overused term, but you are going to be a fabric of that campground and we want to make sure that you uh, mesh along with it. So it's always good for us to have a mix of people that are local, that are available, that can pop over to the park and handle an issue that's going on. And then having that outside viewpoint of somebody that is actually camping, that knows what a black tank is, knows what a gray tank is. Knows the difference between uh, 50 amp, 30 amp, one AC, two ACs, fifth wheel. There's a lot of the locals that are involved with it that the last time they camped is when their mom or dad took them out tent camping years ago at a state park. So that we want that fabric to be of a nice tapestry. What kind of jobs do you hire work campers to do? We have the three main general areas. And if we have the right talent, we'll go into the fourth with a, a management type of situation. But you have your house, you have your front desk. So your front desk store, the folks that are checking individuals in that are making sure that you're open during those particular hours. In a couple of cases, there's also a food service at the marina. We're selling bait. We're checking people in and out and renting out our rental boats in the maintenance categories and then housekeeping. We do have the specialized skills then of the bartender the horse specialist. One of our, one of our aspects of it is we're looking right now for individuals for a rope course and zip line that one of the individuals will be up in the top of it in case somebody freezes up while they're going through the course. But that's a great opportunity for campers to do something uh, for local individuals. So we, we draw people here from the Huntsville area that, that drives the 30, 45 minutes come out and then uh, corporate team building. So it's a great opportunity for you to interact with a, a lot of individuals. And then the management areas, if you have the right type of talent, we're always looking for leaders that are looking to maybe settle down a little bit and take that, that park under their wing. 
How many hours a week do your work campers put in? We vary on that, looking at it being of a part-time situation. So for each individual, it's 20 to 30 hours. We also very much at a, at a park that I manage, not under Beyonder, but one of the first moves that I made was ensuring that the couples that were involved as work campers had the same days off. It only makes sense for them to be able to go and, and take a look at it. So we're not looking at this being a full-time situation. We're looking at it being a, a good blend, again, for legal reasons that we didn't create the definitions of part-time, seasonal, those types of things. We try to honor it. If somebody wants to step up, if there's a project, that's the benefit as well of us paying for every hour that someone works. We have folks clock in and clock out on their cell phone. They're able to clock in, clock out, and clock out for breaks, those types of things. And if we have a project that's going on, a deck that needs to be built, a building that needs to be built, then we'll pay for the hours. Do you hire solo work campers or primarily couples? We are open to solos. And then I think a lot of folks in the work camper community wonder, why do we quote unquote discriminate against solos or not encourage there to be solos? And, and part of it is the trade-off for the site. That's why we do what we feel is a win situation of then making sure that it's a 50% off of the site versus it being a free site. We have a limited number of resources of the sites that are available. And in order, order for us to pay the wages, we need to fill as many sites as we possibly can. If we take one of those off the cupboard and make it available for a work camper, we want to make sure that we're getting the maximum value out of it. So we definitely uh, do have the single work campers. And now we're back to in the, the circle of life, we go back to it's probably because they have specific skills. It's probably because of the value that they're providing filling in for a particular area in the park. Would a family be able to apply? Almost oh, definitely. Uh, one of my best work camper couples that I've ever had actually homeschooled as well. So they had the family, they had the kids, they were a great fabric as part of the weekly campfire nights that we had of the community fire pit. And they were able to communicate that. So their schedule worked out in such a way with their school modules, et cetera, that they were able to take care of the kids and be able to have that homeschooling. So what a great environment for the kids to get to explore or be in an area, uh, get a level of stability of not moving every week focus on their studies, make some money for the family. Definitely something that I'd encourage from that aspect as well. Would you be able to employ teenagers who are traveling with their families? There's specific jobs that are on that. I would definitely on our ropes course, we would have that at our park that we manage. We have a number of lifeguards and folks at the water park uh, portion of it. So I think that's a little bit more of the park specific that goes into it. And we want to make sure that we're not taking away from our focus on the guest experience. A mentor of mine, Gary Keller, once wrote in a book that a man that chases two rabbits will never catch one. I've turned that from the management standpoint that if I'm not focused directly on the guest, if I'm having to look out for what my staff is doing or what a 16-year-old is doing and worried about that, then I've taken my eye off the prize and I'm not able to focus on the guest experience. So if they have a level of maturity, yeah, most definitely we're open to it and they can show that they're going to show up and actually the key part of it, I know it's a four-letter word, and it starts at the uh, beginning of everything that we're talking about. It's a work camper, and that four-letter word is work. And I'm not going to uh, be the old man here talking about the younger generation. That's all generations. If you're going to do this, then there's a trade-off and there's the win of a value that you're providing for the wages or for the site that you get. 
and that is measured by work. Are all of your campgrounds located in Alabama? They're not. One is in Alabama. We're in Louisiana. Uh, our marina and campground is in Missouri. That's unique because it also has a, a motel and cabins that are involved with it. Our one in Louisiana also has a, a hotel. We have two in Iowa, one in Indiana, and the park that we manage in uh, Oklahoma. So we're putting offers in on parks all the time. And again, this may not be the right fit for you now. It may be worth sending over a resume or information because we would keep it on file for a, a park that we're getting ready to purchase or, or invest in or build as we start to get into the development side of it. We're headquartered out of Colorado and we're trying to work on a park or two in Colorado. We have a bounty out for that, but we're primarily in the Midwest at this particular time, but growing, growing all, all the time. How can people apply for jobs if they want to work for you folks? Uh, for our place, we have an up-to-date job board that we always keep. It's at beyond.com forward slash careers. We keep that up to date with our latest opportunities, with our information that goes on there. So the, it is a formalized application process. As part of that, when we have our work camper jobs in there, we're going to ask questions about when is your availability, your rigged information, those types of details. So that's a, an addendum that we do have onto the application portion. And we are going to require a resume. And, and so now we get back to the specifics of, I'd love to see the one pager and a little bit more behind it. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate the time. And I wish you the best of luck as you proceed into the 2024 season and beyond. You got it. As we focus on Beyonder, and I appreciate all you do, Greg, for the industry and for the work camper focus. It's a valuable aspect for full-time RVers, uh, for folks that are looking to get into it, and then for a company such as ourselves. Thank you. I thank Robert Earl, Beyonder's Director of Operations, for coming on the show today to talk about how work campers can increase their chances of getting a good job, as well as for outlining ways they can work for his company. I agree with Robert that many work campers are generalists and that they don't list specific skills and experiences on their resumes. It's the specifics which are more likely to attract interest among campground owners or any employer for that matter. When you think about it, adding specifics doesn't take up much more space on a resume. Rather than simply noting you possess computer skills, tell employers you can operate CampSpot, Microsoft Word, Excel, and post videos to Facebook and YouTube. Robert noted he received 57 applications over a period of just a few days. Busy managers truly only have time to scan resumes for details that could be of use to their locations. It is for that reason that many companies are turning to artificial intelligence to scan applications and resumes to pick out keywords. In addition, Robert encourages work campers to play up their strengths and really promote things they love to do. That way, if the employer can use those specific skills, it becomes a true win-win for work campers and the company. He also explained it is important to include recent photos with any application instead of submitting images taken many years ago. Work Camping for Beyonder is a good opportunity because all the jobs are paid at wages higher than minimum wage and include a free RV site when two people are work camping. Solos get 50% off the typical cost of an RV site. The company hires couples, solos, and families, as well as older teens traveling with their families. All work campers put in about 20 to 30 hours a week, 
and couples often enjoy having the same days off. More information about work camping at a Beyonder Campground can be found at www.beyondercamp.com forward slash careers. People can apply for jobs directly from that website. However, they should also submit a resume with detailed descriptions of experiences, skills, and talents, as well as recent photos. Today's episode is brought to you by the featured employers at WorkCamper.com. These employers have taken an extra step to share photos and detailed information about their WorkCamper programs. Opportunities exist for solos, couples, and families, whether they are full-time, part-time, seasonal, and even long-term jobs. Some are income opportunities, and others involve volunteering at locations throughout the United States. Go to WorkCamper.com forward slash FE to meet the featured employers today. Employers who are seeking to hire work campers can learn about the benefits of year-round recruiting by becoming a featured employer. More information about featured employers is available at WorkCamper.com forward slash FE details. That's all I have for this week's show. Next time, I'll be speaking with a couple who's been RVing for nine years and amassed quite a following on YouTube and will be competing in this upcoming season of RV Unplugged. I'll have that interview on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Thanks for listening.